Welcome to Barbell Buddha Rediscovered. I'm your host, Brooks Meadows. If you're listening to this show, you're definitely a fan of Chris Moore, affectionately known as the Barbell Buddha. Since 2013, tens of thousands of people have discovered the astonishing depth of Chris's work through his podcasts and books. Even after his passing in 2016, countless people continue to seek out Barbell Buddha's timeless wisdom, hilarious wit, and unforgettable nuggets and pearls. With the support of Chris's family, Barbell Buddha Rediscovered will take Chris's audience on a journey to reignite his mission of self-realization and exuberant living by plucking out those pearls and nuggets episode by episode to rediscover the amazing work of our buddy, Chris Moore. If you'd like to support the Moors, you can take action immediately by checking out barbellbuddha.com and making a purchase. If you'd like to support this show, please rate us five stars on iTunes or Stitcher, leave a kind comment, and together we'll spread his message to millions more. I hope you enjoy the show. I've had, oh, maybe four glasses of scotch, which is very unlike me. You know, usually I'm a, I'm a fan of the tequila, but tonight I've shared a half a bottle or so of scotch with a close friend. I had an hour, maybe two hours of, of brilliant discussion, and that's brought me to where I am. I think this one, this show, is going to be a hell of a show. So, without further ado, let's do this! Thank you, buddy, for the awesome intro. This is your buddy, Brooks. It is episode 18 of the Barbell Buddha Rediscovered podcast, and I'm here to talk about episode 18 of Chris's podcast called Magic Tricks, Music, Programming, and the Gift of Fear. But before I get all uh, into all of that, uh, I wanted to start the show with a little story. You know, I'm actually, when this episode airs, I'm going to be at my first Paleo FX. Now, I know that that sounds like something I should have been to already. And frankly, that that is true. Um, it's been going on for quite a few years, and it's been on my bucket list for quite some time, and I could tell you every reason why I haven't made it for the past three to five years, but truthfully, I think that it's just because this one is going to be special. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't, special to me, of course, because it's my first, but I'm going to go see Paul Check on Sunday, and for some reason, I really feel like he's going to rock the house. I've been reading his book. I've been following his podcast, and I just get the feeling this dude is going to tap into my third eye a little bit, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. I hope that potentially I could meet a friend of Chris's or um, you know somebody that has a lot of influence that could potentially share something on this podcast and get some more listeners here because, like I mentioned, by the end of this year, I want to help sell 10,000 copies of Chris's book. It's something that is a passion project of mine. I want to set his children, his little Max and May, Jesus Christ, those kids are amazing, I and, and his wife, Janie, like I want to ha- help them I just want those kids to have a college or an entrepreneur fund, man. And I know that every single book, every single t-shirt, every single mug that you purchase off of barbellbooter.com goes directly to this family, and they are incredible. Just take my word for it. Or don't, but do something well and do something good. Go buy a book. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be hitting up Paleo FX. I'm really excited about it. And uh, hopefully, you know, like I said, I'll come back with some stories. I'll come back with some insight and potentially get lucky and um, either get asked to be on a show or, or be uh, get a chance to interview somebody myself. Chris's episode is really interesting because it takes a few twists and turns and and whines and although he does package together a really brilliant 10 minutes right there at the end um he starts out the show by letting you know that he has had about half a bottle of scotch so (laughs) uh it, it definitely shows up a little bit in this episode not too much he he has a way of being able to like keep words on the tip of his tongue but um I believe that he was intending to really deliver some points using these metaphors, and hopefully I can uh, provide a little bit of clarity on that. The, the first thing that he does when he opens up the show is he starts talking about magic tricks. Now, I, b- I believe the intention of this metaphor was to teach a particular lesson, and I believe that that lesson was not overreaching and trying to get to the fancy and complicated things first. So let, me, let me walk you through Chris's version and, and, and with my own interpretation of this. Now, he liked, he, he, used, he loved to use stories and metaphors to, to paint pictures in your mind, okay? And, and actually, he does a really great job. He's discussing uh, the, the idea that we're a magician. And we're going to do a birthday party for some 12-year-olds. And we get to have this choice, right? Um, we get to have this choice of, of how we want to proceed with our tricks, okay? Now, he goes on to describe a few different things, but I think what we're talking about is a, a good show versus a bad show. What would make a really good magic show and what would make a really bad magic show and why is that the case, okay? So... A bad magic show, a bad magic show is one of these shows where the the magician comes out and we, they do the best trick first, okay? The, and and in this case, it's, it's the sawing the woman in half, the, the woman who's been, as Chris put it, poured into her cocktail dress and, and, and driving the prepubescent boys wild and crazy, okay? But the idea that they start with the biggest trick first, Okay, they've done it. They've soldered in half. They blew these boys' minds and 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 just into oblivion. Okay, right. And then he realizes he's getting paid by the hour, and he's only five minutes in. And and where do you go from there? And what do you pull out the the card tricks, the the bunny out of the hat? Like no, that 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 that's anticlimactic. It means nothing. All right, that makes a bad magic show. But how could we take those exact same tricks and create a story, create meaning, and then deliver on something that will leave a lasting impression, okay? And not just for the audience, but, but for you, telling your own story. So what would make a good magic show? Well, you'd start with some really simple tricks to start to establish some rapport with the audience, right? deck of cards, maybe pulling pulling people's numbers out, right? Uh, uh, making cards disappear and reappear. These very simple, but basic card tricks, okay? It starts to establish this relationship with the audience, right? Like, oh, okay, this, this person has something to offer, right? And then with a little bit of showmanship, the things start to get a little bit more intricate, right? The pulling the rabbit out of the hat is a good, good example. Okay, it's it's uh, it's a bit it's a step up from the card trick, right? 
Um, you've now pulled a living animal out of something that seemed like it was completely empty, right? Uh, it's this stereotype, this archetypal trick of pulling the rabbit out of the hat. You're like, wow, okay. And now he's he's started to add some showmanship. You're getting more invested in the outcome of this story that the magician's taking you on. And then so through some more so showmanship, we start working towards the grand finale. We have this wonderful woman come out and, and climb in the box and you're, she, she gets sawed in half and the uh, uh, crowd erupts and, and, and the magician leaves feeling well satisfied because he's delivered this 60 minute performance, this journey where he's gotten investment and delivered on an outcome, okay? That is a much better show than doing it any other way around. Starting with the trying to go to the most complicated thing first and trying to work your way backwards. All right. As an audience member, right, even though the, the best trick is really good, you haven't had this chance to like build up to this crescendo. Okay, it's just like, boom, it's in your face and it's over. And now for the rest of the time, you're just kind of staring at this guy doing some tricks, wondering if you're ever going to get to the real show again. And all it took was just rearranging them in a, just a little bit. And it, and it completely changes the, the way that we feel about it, right? Um, now, I believe that there's a deeper principle to be, to be plucked out of here, okay? You know, when... When it comes to our, our training, you know, we tend to want to skip to the end, right? We typically want to get to the exciting thing first, the, the weightlifting meet where we're hitting our personal best in front of a bunch of people. We want to get, you know, our business started and we have want to have like a, you know, a 35-person operation right out of the gate. Or we want to do this thing, and we're 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 we we skip all the simple stuff. Now, of course, when you when you end up trying to make that big leap, you realize that you were going to have to do all those simple tricks anyway. You were going to have to do all of those small things to establish that base. But what did you do, right? Like you tried to jump to the end. We've all been there, okay? the The best way, the way to create the most intention, the way to create the most meaning, is to start with the simple things first create some momentum, add a little bit of showmanship, and work up to your grand finale because it will have taken more time and because it's taken more time and more investment, we'll be more invested in it, okay? Now, he, he leads this in, Chris, he leads this into another point about music and programming, okay? And what we're really talking about here, and I think what Chris was really talking about here is Simplicity versus complexity, all right? Complexity at face value seems like the more valuable thing, but complexity only yields its value from the fact that it came from something simple. Without the simple to contrast complexity, we don't have the same meaning behind complexity. If we start with the complex first and try to work backwards to, to simplicity, it just doesn't seem to resonate the same way. So the way that he tried to describe it again was discussing it like it was a music or a symphony. You know, Chris said, basically, symphonies start with one piano and an intention. The musician, the artist, the conductor, they, they have something that they want to say. They have a part of themselves that they want to express. And they don't immediately go straight into, you know, 
figuring out which instruments are going to be a part of it, how many they need. You know, are we going to have a, a hundred piece band? Or are we going to have a 50? No, they don't start there. They start with having something to say. And all they need to say it is one piano. That's where it starts. All we need is one tool. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, training, right? All we need is a barbell. All we need is a kettlebell. All we need is a, is, is a tool. And in, the, in this case of strength, it can be just our body weight. But it's, it needs an intention. What are we trying to do? What are we trying to express? Okay. Then you start with that tool. You exhaust what's possible. Right? You write, you've, you've filled the pages with as much intention as you can. You've spoken your story, and you can tell that there are things that are missing that will help finish that up. Right? That's when you start to add some strings. That's when you start to add some brass. That's when you start to add, you know, layers of, of complexity built on this solid foundation, this solid foundation of simplicity and intention. I, I've been really focusing on that for myself, just finding intention all the time, okay? And that's similar to what we talked about last week, which is being in the moment, right? Not looking too far ahead, not looking too far behind, but just being in the moment, okay? So, you know, take that and, and run with it, right? Like, when it comes to our training, simplicity versus complexity, like let's start with what the hell we're trying to express, okay? Then all we need is just something simple, very simple tool, one tool, right? Now, as you progress, you realize that you've exhausted your interest in the tool, right? Or it's functionality for you in a practical term. But you've, you've tried the simplest thing and you've taken that expression as far as you can take it now is the time to start adding the complexity, right? So if you're squatting, that's when you'll see things like bands and chains, right? You've taken the barbell about as far as it can go, and now we're going to do some things that are going to work. We're going to work partial ranges of motion on deadlifts, right? Or bench presses. We're doing it off blocks, okay? We're, we're adding complexity in this, right? Our rep schemes are getting more uh, uh, particular and, and more measured out. Uh, the waves and the programming, the, the undulating periodization model, right? It can go really deep and complex on complexity, but if we start there, it has no meaning. If we start there, it makes no sense. So that is the big takeaway for me on this particular stuff, the magic tricks, the musics, and the programming, all right, is Remembering to start with the most simple things and work into complexity as it means something to you, right? And again, that leads us to the big crescendo, right? We didn't try to get to the end first. We've taken our expression as far as we can. And when we finally hit that ultimate expression, when we finally saw that woman in half, everything will have been built onto each other into this magical moment. And I find that really cool. Now, Chris has, he, he, he kind of like kicks the story over and he had a second story to talk about. This story was about a listener who had contacted him in some way to describe his circumstances and Chris was sharing about it. And the person was, from my recollection, a military man, wife, child, second child on the way, but he had the inner calling that he wanted to be a coach. 
and he was afraid, and he was uncertain, and he was asking Chris for help, okay? And the, the first point that Chris made that I, I, I've made before in an episode or two, and he's made before in an episode or two, was about fear and how fear wasn't necessarily a sign that something had gone wrong, right? Or that something was wrong. And many times it's a sign that something can be right. So he makes that point, and then he closes with a clip. It's about t- 10 minutes long. And it's about his tips. He had four tips for this person that I thought were really amazing and and great. And what this is basically the last ten minutes of the episode. So I'm going to let him run with this, uh, run with these tips. His, Chris's hot tips <laughs> for any OG fans. He always had hot tips, man. You, this one is about navigating fear to take the leap. So let me get that queued up for you, and I will catch up with everyone after Paleo FX for episode 19. I hope you have a great week. Peace out. Um. So what, 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 I, what I want to do is share with you, I think, the four main things I take away from the story and the things I think are very, very applicable uh, for you and for me. What do you do in that type of situation? Well, I think the first thing you have to do, and I'm going to repeat this shit because I really I want myself to hear it in my headphones to remind me. I want you to hear it so you really can work on this. Your history, no matter how flawed, uh, insufficient, underachieving, fucked up, overfed, over lazy, no matter what stupid things you did, you can't look at it as a waste of time. Again, if you just coasted right through without ever seeing a problem with what you've done, you're a delusional, fucked up person. I don't want to be in the same uh, biological category as you. I count myself as a homo sapien who wants to better themselves and embrace the mistakes they made and do better in the future. So even if you see it as a, your history as being a very painful thing, you know, no matter what you did, it's brought you here. And here is the only place you can be. This is, like I said on the last show, this is the moment right here that you have ownership of. This is the, the moment you decide whether you're going to capitalize on what you've done and use it to your advantage, or if you're going to wallow like a little bitch and complain about everything. Because that's, that's the only way you're going to fail. So that's the first point. Second point is, you got to realize in moments like this where you're chasing a passion that lots of people have passions. And every, everybody I know has some kind of passion, something they'd rather be doing, some project they'd really like to achieve, some challenge they want to tackle. You know, the older I get, the more I realize there is one thing that's going to determine whether that's possible, whether that happens or not. It's not necessarily your resource, it's not your intelligence, it's not your brawn, it's not your genetic pedigree, it's none of that bullshit. It's whether you are willing to earn what you say you want. So some people are more fortunate than others that they put a little bit of effort into becoming fit or good at their job or a really awesome actor or poet or whatever. They're super talented, they're a freak, they're not like you, they get what they want. That's great for them. Uh, but for you, for me, people who have to work at shit, you have to realize that you can, you can basically have what you want. That's not the issue. The issue is whether you're willing to put in the work. So in this guy's position, you know, are you willing um, to spend 18 hours a day grinding away at something you love, but still, you're going to grind in order to make this a reality? Are you going to put in the work it takes to understand the smart ways to run a gym? Are you going to put in all the time, money, and resource 
to make sure you acquire the knowledge that's going to be necessary for you to compete in a space where there's lots of good coaches and lots of good gyms. You can have it, but you've got to be able to put in the, the work. Are you going to grind away at things you don't want to do necessarily? So you're going to, you're going to personal train the clients who are dicks. Are you going to do the things that will generate the money that will make sure that these precious children of yours are fed and that your wife doesn't have to experience any undue fear. You know, it's your job in pursuing your passion and pursuing a dream to bear the burden in this. You have to put in the work. You have to shoulder the fear and insecurity and the doubt so that your family doesn't have to feel it. You know, this is, this is something you're after. If you want it, put in your fucking work and earn it, buddy. You know, nothing, nothing of this scale that is this potentially life-changing and beautiful and amazing and impactful. This shit is just not going to fall into your lap. What, what's going to separate you from your dream is your capacity for chasing the fucking thing down and strangling it and making it yours. And that may take five years. That may take ten years of these long days. But you have to do your best and grind away. Uh, my third point I shared was that all that is going to be your day job. You got to do whatever it is you got to do to put yourself in a position to then differentiate yourself. Like, so for me, I, I have a, a day life that I pursue and that provides for my family, it provides for me, it keeps a roof over my head. <coughs> Sorry, I apologize. I don't want to bust your speakers and your headphones. Uh, yeah, but then and what I do, I, I train. It's important to me. And then I don't get into here to do these podcasts and, and blogs and stuff till like 10 p.m. So right now it's 12, 16 a.m. on a beautiful Friday morning in Memphis, Tennessee. And what am I doing? I'm here because this is important to me. I want the opportunity to, to reach out and talk to people. If I don't make the time to do this, it will never happen. <laughs> it's, just, it's as simple as that. So when you're embarking on this, you've got to do what is required, what must be done. The, the underbelly of your dream must be scratched. <laughs> There's no way around it. And then every other spare moment you have in a day, you need to hustle and work for this. Like it's, it's more important than anything. You don't, you don't overlook what's important to you. You don't let these details pass, but this can't just be given to you. It must, it's, it's a really tough thing to earn. And let me, let me close this story in this podcast with the fourth big thing. I think this is a cool thing to end on. Again, I alluded to it just a, just a few moments ago, but fear itself can be paralyzing, it can cast doubts. It can scare the shit out of you, which sort of that's what fear is designed to do, right? Or it's what you think it's designed for. Uh, what I've come to know about fear is that it's a complete natural thing. When you feel fear, it shows that you're sort of respectful of everything that's in place. So when it comes to your family and your future and your dreams, if you don't feel scared at the idea of not being able to do your best to provide for yourself and for the people you love, if you don't feel nervous about that when you're taking these risks and you're putting your neck out and you're putting all this work and effort and heart into this shit, if you don't feel fear, then what the fuck is your problem? I wouldn't even call you a human if you don't have that emotion, if you're not worried to death that this might not work out. But what you can fall back on, this faith, is that if you do keep grinding, good shit's going to happen. Even if you, don't, you can't see all the potential outcomes now, you got to have faith that you putting in the, the elbow grease is going to create these opportunities. Fear is not a barrier to you. It's not a threat to you. It's, it's your ally. It's there to help you realize that, look, if you feel me, then you're respecting the situation. 
and that desperate feeling you're getting to not have this feared outcome happen, that's exactly what's going to push you over the top when it comes time to, to do the work. If you're a cavalier and didn't give a fuck, then how are you going to achieve anything really special? There's no, there's no incentive. There's nothing to drive you. There's no skin in the game. So, dude, that was, that was my story. Again, for I won't say your name because I don't want to call you out on the podcast, but thanks for that. You, you kind of triggered some things in my mind, and, and I, I appreciate that. And Let it be known that your fears and emotions and hopes are, are shared by me and shared by a lot of people who listen to this. So this is a, a good moment to, to let that be known. And again, I hope the long rambling uh, magic and music writing analogies made sense. But really, yeah, I'm going to explore that more. Uh, I've got more stuff coming down the pipeline, which will get into uh, that idea more and more. I'm actually doing a, another little book on it. Now, you'll see that soon. Uh, but anyway, I hope, I hope that made sense. I hope you get some use out of it. So uh, before it gets too late and I stay up at all hours of the night, l- let me wrap things up by saying, ladies and gentlemen, please, I love you dearly. If you would do me a solid, uh, when you listen to this podcast, leave a rating. Tell the world what you thought of it. Hopefully you thought good things. I'm here to help. <laughs> Be kind, please. Uh, also, uh, you know what? Follow me. I, I still I need a lot more Twitter followers. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter if you haven't, at Barbell Buddha. Like the Facebook page. The numbers are increasing every day. That's, that's a good sign. I share as much things as I can as I get these ideas in my very humble mammalian brain. I'm just doing the best with what I got between my ears. It's not pretty. Uh, and then just the only final thing I'll pester you with tonight is go on store.barbabooth.com if you want to support the show you know, pick up a t-shirt, pick up a copy of the book, progress, you know, whatever you want. Uh, I'll have some more cool things on the website soon. It's just taking some time to get all of it together. I think you'll understand that uh, these things take time. Writing books is a slow stupid way to earn a living but it's the path I've chosen I'm going to I'm going to be stubborn and chase it down because for some reason this is what I want to earn. So I'm, I'm abiding by my own advice. So uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap up just as we come up on 40 Minutes, this 18th episode of Barla Buddha Podcast. Uh, I love you. I hope you get a kick out of this. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it because I'm stubborn as hell and I want to succeed at this, whatever that brings. <laughs> uh, but but my, I, my definition of success will be that uh, I continue to get good messages from everybody who listens to this, who gets a kick out of the show. That's really all I want, man. I believe if I can get that done and keep that going, then everything else that's going to happen is going to happen. I don't have to worry about that shit. So I hope that that's a good part to leave the show on. Uh, until the next time, I wish you all the best. Train hard. Uh, go create something. Uh, kick life in the teeth. Stand up. Chase down what you want. Uh, and just be all that you can be. As, that's, as generic as that advice is, go out there and kill it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, so I'll see you next time. Cheers. Good night. I'll be the same. Farewell. <laughs>